Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. We're going to be going to Leviticus chapter 17 and uh, verse 11. And just one verse, and it's actually taken out of a a chapter where the Lord is forbidding uh, eating or drinking blood and all this kind of stuff. Uh, And the reason why he says uh, that you're not supposed to eat or drink the blood of animals uh, is because uh, that's where the life is at. And so... uh, the Lord is, as a matter of fact, he says, my face will be against you. I'll be mad at you if you, eat, if you drink blood and eat blood uh, from, from animals. And uh, so then verse 11 says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement uh, for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Without blood this morning, if uh, somehow we had somebody came out and drained out your blood, guess what? You'd be dead. There, without the blood, there is no life. And uh, it's very interesting to know, and if you've uh, done a study on the blood uh, as it's spoken of in the Word of God, the word blood or the concept of blood is spoken of 427 times uh, in the Bible. Uh, One guy that I read some years ago said uh, you can cut the Bible anywhere. Just cut the Bible anywhere and it will bleed blood. And so, uh, of course, don't start chopping your Bible up this morning. But you get the fact that anywhere in the Word of God, it talks about the blood. In the Old Testament, it was a a, a bloody mess, if you will. Uh, They would bring animals and they would... uh, 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 kill them they would sacrifice them they would hang them Uh, you ever been to a meat locker or something of that nature it was similar to that Uh, except that they would catch all the blood in uh, in containers uh, and then when they got together for uh, Passover and a variety of other uh, meetings uh, the priest would take some hyssop which is just a a, um, a scraggly rag, basically, um, uh, uh, whatever, and they would dip it into the uh, uh, blood and start sprinkling you. Seriously? How many would love that? No. And so uh, they would, that's how they done cleansing uh, back then. You would walk by, they'd dip it in the blood and sprinkle you on the head and on the body. Your clothes uh, would have blood all over it, and you would go on, and you would be clean for about that long of a time. And then you'd come back again uh, next year or the next time they gathered and they would have killed some more uh, uh, animals, uh, slaughtered them for your sin. Again, caught the blood and there we go again. uh, Slinging blood everywhere so that we might forget forgiveness of sin again for just a short time. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that Jesus 
2,000 years ago, came here to this earth, walked among us, uh, uh, was a part of us. Uh, he ended up dying on a cross by the plan of God and rose again the third day, went to the Father, and there in the heavens uh, gave his blood on the mercy seat. You know, Moses made a mercy seat down here where there's a real one in heaven. Don't know if you know that or not. And so he took the blood and he poured it over the mercy seat in heaven and says, Father, is this good enough to get forgiveness for John Dodd? And you can put your name in that. And of course, the father said, yes, that's good enough for me. Why? Because it was his own blood. It was his own blood that was laying there because uh, the father is the father of Jesus. And the blood of the Father flowed through the person of Jesus. Let me talk to you just for a few moments about blood. Let me tell you what Jesus said. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Paul added on, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He goes on to explain we have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Paul Peter said, we are not redeemed by silver and gold, precious stones, but with the precious blood of Christ. John agrees with him. And John writes, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. The early church understood this concept of, of the blood. There was about 22 uh, sermons preached uh, by four authors, uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, 22 sermons. And in every single one of these sermons, uh, uh, it mentions the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It mentions the blood that cleanses us, uh, the covering that comes to us by the blood. Someday, if you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, how about you? If you're a Christian, someday you're going to stand before the Father and the Father is going to look at you and you're not going to get to heaven because you're a good person. You're not going to get to heaven because you give money to a church. You're not going to get to heaven because you take up the offering or sing on the praise team. You're going to get to heaven whenever the Father looks down at you and he sees the blood of his Son applied to your life. That is the only way you get a pass into the kingdom of God. And so again, it is the blood of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ that changes everything. That's why the Jewish people had such a hard time uh, whenever Christ came and died on a cross, shed his blood, and then everybody said that was following Jesus started saying, well, I'm going to follow Jesus. He's my Savior. No, 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 no. you got to get sprinkled with blood. No, no, no. That's over with. I I'm trusting Jesus' blood. It must have been a very difficult time for the Jewish people as they went through that transition. I don't blame them. If somebody walked in here today and said, you're all wrong, it's this way, not your way, we would all go, oh, now wait a minute, that's not true. That's what happened in the early church. But those that were saved recognized that there was something special about the blood of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to minister just for a moment on this thing that we spoke about on Wednesday night, the virgin birth. 
Judas says that he had betrayed innocent blood. Paul said that he, God, hath made him, talking about Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Pilate said, I don't find any fault in this guy. Jesus goes on and says, which of you convinced me of sin? Jesus goes on and, and, and his blood is talking about being holy and harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher in the heavens. That's what Jesus was done. And again, he says, who did no sin, neither was guilt found in his mouth. In him is no sin. If Jesus was born today of an earthly father, and we covered this on the Wednesday night, he would be no different than you and I. He would, his children would be lost. Uh, if he had children, if he had gotten married and lived his life here, they would have been lost. He would be lost and had to get, because there would be no salvation. Because it was the blood of his father that coursed through this body of his, that he was able to go to the cross, die, uh, buried, raise again, present his blood in heaven so that we can get forgiveness of sin. It was because of this great thing called the virgin birth that happened as we celebrate on Christmas. Now, I, uh, on Wednesday night, I told the people there's a huge amount of uh, people in the world, uh, pastors even. There was a survey done not too long ago where uh, pastors uh, uh, were surveyed said, do you believe in the virgin birth of our Lord? And, and about 43% of pastors says, no, I don't think it's necessary for the salvation of people. They're idiots. There was one uh, well-known uh, uh, preacher from the pulpit in a, uh, on TV that said he had grown in his spirituality so much that if Jesus hadn't died for the sins of the world, he could have. He absolutely did not understand the only reason that Jesus could die for our sins was the blood of his father was coursing through his body and not the blood of just a human being. We are tainted, people. We are born and shaped in iniquity. We are lost, and the only thing that can save us is Jesus Christ. The only thing that can save us is us coming to a place of repenting of our sin and being cleansed from all of our unrighteousness because of His Spirit living within us and the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing us from all sin. I am so thankful that 2,000 years ago Jesus was born. Man. Can you imagine him being born in this place to take care of us, to understand what we all go through? See, some people go about going, well, no one's ever experienced anything like this except me. Well, that's really not true. Number one, there's tons of people who's gone through similar things than you've went through. But there's also a Jesus that the sins of the world was put on his shoulders on the cross. A man who knew no sin, he was crucified with the sins of the world. And, and, and if you read the word of God, you realize that as Jesus uh, was on the cross, the Father was in communion with him until the sin of the world was dropped on him so he could die for the sins of the world. And the Bible tells us that God, the Father, had to turn his head away because he couldn't look at sin, so he couldn't look at his own son. And that's when Jesus cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? 
man, why have you forsaken me, Father? Why? Because there was something new that had happened that had never happened in eternity. Jesus was burdened with sin, and the Father had to break communication with him for just a short time until he died and he was raised again for the third, uh, uh, third day. What an amazing, amazing thing that Jesus has done for each and every one of us. And this that we do this morning, we do in remembrance of all of that. The blood is absolutely pure. Wow. You know, as I said, you know, you can go to Hebrews, you can go to Peter, you can go to different things, you can go to the Old Testament, and they talk about the blood of uh, bulls and goats. And, you know, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be crazy if we today were here and, and uh, you know, it, it was the Forgiveness Day Sunday, and, uh, and I'm up here, maybe the board members are up here, and, and here you come in with your goat. Yeah, you're, I don't know if I want to mess with a heifer. These dudes are big, you know, come on. Yeah, and here you come down the middle aisle, and here you're bringing all of your animals, and, and I get the hatchet out, and whoosh, chop the head off, and uh, we grab it by the, by the legs and ring it up, and it's bleeding everywhere, meat's everywhere, and we have a fire going, and we're cooking meat because some of the great meat coming off of these uh, animals was actually supper for the priests. Read your word. They ate a good supper. <laughs> they were like, yeah, let's, let's kill these dudes and get them up here. But it was a bloody mess until Jesus came along. What he was trying to do in the Old Testament was tell people just how awful sin was. You know what it's taking to forgive you of your sin? Bring that animal up here. Let's kill that animal. Let's bleed that animal. Let's cut it open. Let's eat it. Let's put it up. Let's sprinkle its blood everywhere. That's what God thought about sin. And we live in a world right now that is very light on sin. It's like, well, you know, sin's not that big a deal. Sin will kill you and send you to hell. I know I'm not supposed to be that harsh one sin will kill you and send you to hell <laughs> it's the truth the righteousness of christ applied to your life the blood applied to your body will take you to heaven there's no secret about any of this and the world has went crazy people have been rewriting what sin is forever and ever and ever did you know that adultery is still sin Mortification is still sin. Did you know that the practice of homosexuality is still sin? I say that with no hesitation whatsoever. But you know what? There's forgiveness for homosexuals. There's a, there's a forgiveness for immorality. There's a forgiveness for lying, cheating, whatever we talk about. I love that part of it, but we can't get to that part unless we recognize this part is sin. Whenever the Lord convicts people, see, you can't get saved unless the Holy Spirit convicts you and draws you. The Bible says that. And so whenever the, 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 the Holy Spirit comes upon you, convicts you, and draws you, it's not by little mistakes you've made. It's not your little oopses in life. It's not that you didn't handle your money quite well. It's not because, you know, you said something bad to your, you know, your loved one. That's not why you're being drawn to an altar. It's because of sin. He convicts us of sin. 
I really, really, you know, I preached last week about David saying, Oh, Lord, search me. Reveal to me myself. I don't want to pray that. I preached it last week, but I don't want to do it. (laughs) Come on. You really want to stand before God and say, God, here I am. Search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in here, uh, in my heart, in me, and tell me about it. Oh, come on, Lord. I don't want to hear about all of that. But right after that, he says, but if you repent, the blood covers it. And matter of fact, it's thrown into this place. I don't know where it's at. It's the sea of forgetful, uh, never been remembered against you ever again. It's, it's, it's gone. It is Satan that comes back to you from time to time and says, do you remember what you used to do and how you used to be? Yeah, I do. Well, are you sure God can forgive you of that? Does he really love you? And you go to the Father again for the second or third or fourth time because I have repented of the same thing many times. But after the first time, I go back to the Lord and I say, Lord, you know that thing I did? I'm so sorry. Jesus turns to the Father. Do you, do you have recollection of that? No? No, I don't know what he's talking about. Come on, people. I don't know what he's talking about. You know, check, check it one more time. Jesus, Jesus, Gabriel, get over here, dude. Do you know anything about that, what John Dodd's praying about down there? Because, you know, he's repenting of something that we don't have any record of. Oh, he's just an idiot. Satan is, has, has played with his brain, and he thinks he's still guilty, and he's not. You could have forgave him a long time ago of that. Oh, the blood is absolutely massive. It is the most incredible and wonderful and marvelous thing to happen to mankind ever in its existence. The blood of Jesus Christ, that we don't have to drag uh, uh, animals down the aisle and kill them today and sprinkle you all with blood. Uh, We just uh, have the Lord sprinkle us with the blood of his son Jesus. And we can stand two days, two days in the presence of God, whole, well, forgiven, ready to go to heaven. And I have to tell you, as, as all of us are in the same boat, uh, none of us are perfect. But the blood of Jesus Christ knows that we are going to blow it again and again and again. Now, we need to repent of those things. We need to change those things, whatever. But the blood of Jesus Christ does not have to be spilt again. It just has to keep continue to be applied to your life. See, in the Old Testament, the reason why they had to do the blood sacrifices year after year after year is because the blood back then needed to be spilt again so that there'd be fresh blood for fresh forgiveness. 2,000 years earlier, the Lord forgave me. And as I accept his forgiveness, my life is transformed. Now, I've joked around a little bit. And uh, as a matter of fact, one of the questions whenever Chris and Amy were candidating is, uh, do you believe in eternal security? Uh, years and years and years ago, mine would have been a flat nose. to die burn hell at any moment. That's sort of how I was brought up. You know, you know, when I was being brought up in church, the difference between going to heaven and hell was about two seconds. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Boom, going to heaven. No, I'm going to hell. No, I'm, I'm going to hell. I will repent. Okay, I'm going to heaven. I, oh, that thought. Oh, I'm going to hell. 
Jesus is up in heaven going, come on, what are you doing, dude? But as I've said to you over and over and over again, I ran into Jesus one day. The one that loves me. The one that forgave me. And I'm, I'm, I'm not advocating anything about go out and sin and do whatever you want to do. That's not what I'm saying. But the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from past, present, and future sins as we come to him and say, Lord, here I am. I need you today. It is, it is for continual forgiving of sin. And so, you know, I, I, and I think I may have said this 15 years ago when I was here as your pastor. 17 years ago now, I think. I don't get up in the morning wondering whether I'm going to heaven today or not. Anybody with me? I don't go to bed at night going, oh, oh, I, oh, I hope, I hope that while I'm asleep tonight, uh, Jesus is going to come and I'm going to be left behind. I never, ever think of that anymore, ever. Why? Because I'm such a great guy. I am a great guy. But no, that's not the reason. The reason is that Jesus died on the cross for me. And I accepted that forgiveness. I accepted that blood. And sometimes I'm ornery. All you got to do is ask my family. Sometimes I'm not quite as lovely as I should be. I don't know when, but probably am. And, uh, but you know what? The Lord loves us, cares for us, forgives us, uh, makes us his. And someday I'm going to have the big one fall over or whatever. I've had two bouts of cancer, maybe a third one, and I fall over dead someday. I'm going to be in heaven. Yeah, I'm going to be in heaven. It's an amazing, amazing thing to think about. And I never doubt that anymore because of not me, but because of him. The blood is pure. The blood is active. It's perpetual. Perpetual simply means it goes on over and over and over again. There's an old song. Would you be free from the burden of sin? Would you ever evil a victory win? There is wonderful power in the blood. In the blood of the Lamb, there is power, wonderful power, the precious blood of the Lamb. I chopped it up so I didn't have to say it all. Have you today been redeemed by the blood? I don't know what people were coming up for this morning for a variety of reasons. But if you came up for prayer for forgiveness of sin, you have to receive that. You have to say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. And then he now no, not only wants to be, you know, your Savior, he wants to be your Lord. He loves to be your master. You say, well, that's horrible. He wants to be my master? Oh, yeah, he wants to be your Lord and your master. In the Bible, it talks about two roads that you can go down. One is a really, 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 really wide road, and the Bible says that tons of people are on it, and all of them go to destruction, hell. The other one is a narrow road, and very few find it, but it's the way to everlasting life. And again, as, as smart as I was when I was a little kid growing up in church, I thought 
that the Lord had this little tiny road for us so that we would not have any fun. John, I'm going to put you on this little narrow road, and you're going to go this way. And, uh, you know, heaven's down that way, but between here and there, straight and narrow, you can't have any fun, you can't enjoy life, and all of the sinners are going to be having great fun and great joy, and you're going to, you're just, if you get to heaven, then I'll make it fun then. <laughs> I'm going, thank you very much, Lord. I just, I, really, seriously? But I found out something a long time ago. This straight and narrow way has been engineered to take me past the most wonderful times in my life, to bring me past the things of God that was the biggest blessings to me. It wasn't to restrict me, it was to refine me, to make me better than I've ever been before, and I want to walk this walk. And matter of fact, they say Christians don't have any fun. I, I dare to dis disagree with them. It is a blast to be a Christian. There's a, there's a word, and I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer, but there's a word called acquit. Whenever you're in a place being tried for something and you are acquitted, that means you're absolved, but you've never done it. You're free to go. You're, you're not charged with it anymore. I like the fact that the Lord has acquitted us, has absolved us of all of our sin. And again today, we stand before the Lord in such a beautiful, beautiful way to be his sons and his daughters. Amen? Amen. This morning, we're going to take of our communion, like for the board to come. We're going to do it just a, a hair different than we, we have been. I'm passing the provisions out to the board, and I think some uh, uh, elders are helping us a little bit. They're going to serve you at your seat, and then you're going to hold it until we uh, all take it together. Um, and again, just to handle this communion, just to be a part of receiving it this morning, is such a holy, holy thing. So I want us to do it in reverence. What I hope you would do today is as you receive the communion, just shut yourself off for just a minute. Because communion is not about getting your best friend, your parents, your children, someone else right with God. It is about letting the Lord examine yourself. Amen? It's about the Lord touching you. So today as we take this communion, we'll have a few minutes as they pass it out. Just to shut your eyes, shut your minds off, and come to the Lord and say, Lord, whenever I take communion today, I want you to examine me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How will you want to do this? Gene, you want to help, brother? Go ahead and start passing out. Can you guys carry two? Okay, go ahead and do it. Come back in just a minute. As we just wait on the Lord for a few minutes, again, just want to tell you the Lord loves you, cares for you. Take the communion. Just relax in the presence of the Lord. Praise team is just going to lead us in a little bit of song. You don't have to sing. You don't have to do anything. 
except just wait on the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Yeah, we love you, Lord. Um, Father, we thank you. Take a moment, worship the Lord. Thank you, Father. When temptation comes my way, when I cannot stand up.
you, Father. And you have the to the west. You are hiding on first. The brothers are going to stay up here after we have communion time and wait on anybody that would need prayer. And so I'd invite them just to step up here beside me, if you will, and just come on in and face the congregation. And afterwards, if we need prayer for anyone else, welcome to do so. This morning you have Jesus, body in a bag. I just rip it open, so that's all I get. Sideways, okay. I just rip it open. 2,000 years ago, Jesus took the stripes on his back so that we can receive healing. How many believes in healing? Seriously, I mean, you believe in healing. Okay, good deal, good deal, good deal. Uh, I, I've been asked the question over and over and over again in life. I wish, or a statement maybe, I wish that healing was as prevalent as salvation. You know, because it seems like everybody gets saved, nobody gets healed. And I've, I've said to people, I think it's about the same percentage-wise. I think people can get saved and they can get healed. God can do both of them. I realize that we have people that are sick. There are people that die of sickness. Uh, but in Jesus' day, whenever he was actually here, he didn't heal everybody. Uh, people did die. People did, uh, you know, they had funerals while Jesus was walking the earth. But I believe that the stripes on his back has indeed made us whole, made us well. Simply by a testimony of raising your hand, you would say, I need healing today on some part of your body. Anybody say, I need healing. As we take this little wafer, we need to say, Lord, I testify that I need healing. And as I take this wafer in faith, believing, I'm going to believe that you're going to heal my body. Whatever it is that you have need of, God can and will heal your body. Amen? Let's eat it together. Father, thank you for healing. We believe that we're going to hear reports. Reports of people being healed because of this communion time. We're going to believe, Lord God, that you're going to do what you said you was going to do. It wasn't my promise that by your stripes we are healed. It's your promise. And Father, we trust you. We trust your promise. Now, now just go through this place this morning, touching bodies, healing bodies. And Lord God, let us be rejoicing, Lord God, for future healings right now. In Jesus' name we pray. There's a cup, represents our Lord's blood that he shed on the cross 2,000 years ago. Wonderful. Little drop, cleanses us all. Amen. And so as we look back on our lives, and some of you have been saved for many, 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 many moons, some of you not so long, it is this blood that we're celebrating this morning that got you forgiveness of sin made you have a path going to heaven. It is a marvelous, marvelous witness, Lord, that we're going to take. And someday when we get to heaven, I don't know how it's going to be, don't know anything about it, but the Lord says we're going to have communion with him in heaven together. Amen? 
Looking forward to that time, ministering together. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your blood. Your blood not only forgives us of our sin, but it keeps us, Lord, in the future from sinning. Lord God, we love you, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we get ready to close the service today, the brothers are up here. They said, call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint you with all pray the prayer of faith and good things are going to happen. I know we had prayer just a little bit ago, but if you have need this morning of anything, the band's going to sing this just once or twice more. If you have need of anything, I don't care what it is, just want you to stand and come, present yourself to the brothers, and they're going to pray with you, and we're going to expect miracles to take place as they sing it one more time unto the Lord. Amen. Lord, I need you this morning. Amen. Anybody, very quickly, you just have a need this morning, I'd like to present to the brothers. Oh, Lord, I need you. Amen. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need Sing it with us if you're not coming down. It's all right. Every hour I need you. My one defense. My righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. One more time, the Lord, for the closing prayer this morning. sacrifice for us but Lord God it's not a past thing it's a present thing and Lord God as we get ready to leave this place let us go out being encouraged Lord God that you have forgiven our sins and Lord God you remember them against us no more and Lord God bless this people bless us Lord God as we leave in Jesus name we pray amen 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 need to tell somebody you love them give somebody a handshake a hug around the neck God bless you this morning. It's been good to have you in the house of the Lord.